I wake in the morning and I step outside and I take a deep breath and I get real high and I scream at the top of my lungs, what's the deal with relationships? It's Radio Free Topag and I'm Arthur. I'm Donovan. What a fantastic mashup of cultural touchstones. Seinfeld and uh, who even sings that song? Four non-blondes. Yeah, them. <laughs> We're two non-blondes. <laughs> Truth. Truth. How are you doing, Arthur? Oh, just just melting under the weight of wage slavery. Uh, but my birthday is this week, so I'm treating myself. Had some Chinese food for dinner. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. There we go. That's yeah. That's an upside to things. You gotta take whatever you can get. Feel like a greasy pile of shit, but here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good energy sometimes. Oh yeah. I just had to subdue my cat who was trying to wrangle all my cables before we could even record. But now she's happily munching on munching on some cat food. Mm. So I think we're in the zone. And we're extra in the zone this week because we're stoked. We've got the other half of Street Fight, uh, Brian Quinby, with us. Woo-hoo. How's it going, Brian? Well, great. I got to do my class. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> big, I'm a big hey guy. <laughs> you are and I, I like that as an intro it's a very like uplifting kind of kind of greeting and coming onto the show a super cut of me saying hey on various podcasts <laughs> and my own podcast would be very long but i would listen to it because <laughs> i'm that way as a person <laughs> you could make a whole soundboard of that and you could use i'm sure there's like a different inflection of hey uh for every situation you could possibly need <laughs> Strict no soundboard uh, rule on Street Fight, except mm. I'm loosening, I'm lightening up about it a little bit for the call-in show, but no soundboard. We could have a soundboard, but uh, I've I've been, you know, I've been pretty uh, uh, hesitant to add one. You know, it could be <laughs> useful if you have a if you have a caller who's just like like eating up too much time and you got to go. You could just like hit him with the toilet flush. Like you've yeah, been yeah. flushed. We <laughs> joked about that. We joked about we've done soundboards on the show. It's like we used Arnold Schwarzenegger one time. Like mm. just when a caller would call in, we would play the "Who is your daddy and what does he do?" This <laughs> would be funny from Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> was this when he was like running for governor? Oh no! This was uh, this was like uh, last year, I think. At some <laughs> point, we were fucking around with it, but nobody responded to it. It was uh, like people were just like, I, I think the listeners couldn't, the callers couldn't hear it, but the listeners could. Right? Oh, so that's great. It was just kind of like pointless to play it, and also, again, strict no soundboard policy over here. It gets too into shock jock territory. I feel like there's a balance that can be kind of found with those. Like we ha- we throw an air horn when we're telling somebody to dump somebody. Yeah, and uh, you know the occasional other thing, but I don't know. I there, there's certain ones like I love the grub stakers. I personally love the drops on their show, <laughs> but they go ham with the soundboards, and I know that like half of their listenership is like fuck the soundboard, like stop it. But I love that stuff. I don't know. I mean, it's just yeah. uncultured. We've considered. I mean, like I said, Brett wants one, and uh, I considered getting one for uh, Shocktober, but mm. uh, that's before I knew what the tone of the show was going to be. 
And once I figured out what the tone of Shocktober was going to be, it was like, this doesn't really need anything else. This is (laughs) fine just the way it is. (laughs) Just the conversation. Let the jacks speak for themselves. Yeah. 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 I mean, (laughs) and plus, if you're playing any extended clips of a shock jock, you're going to get a sound effect or two. That's true. Yeah. It's going to be caught in the net. It kind of has to with with how much is in there. Yeah. They were the kings Uh, of that shit. Well, Brian, we so like I said, we've we've had Brett on here. I think most of our listeners know what Street Fight is, but if somebody's like just tuning in, do you want to do like kind of a brief introduction on just you know what you do, what Street Fight's about, what Brian's about? I guess it's just like a, a, a lifestyle show more than anything. I mean, it, people I think call it a leftist podcast, and uh, uh, but me and Brett kind of are both. L- pretty hard leftist first of all yeah (laughs) and uh uh but like it's not the only thing we kind of my my description of what i do is that with street fight is to try to articulate what life is like really like especially Mm. like under capitalism when you look at it that way it's like i think me and brad are trying to articulate what life in, in a dying empire, which we didn't know was dying at the beginning, but now I think we both come <laughs> around on it, you know, but like what it's right. like to live in that and what it's like to like work and uh, uh, try to, you know, pay your bills and stuff like that. But it's also, uh, you know, our main goal is comedy. We just want to be funny. You know, we shoot mm-hmm. for funny and then uh, the other stuff gets in there. You guys have a good combination of it too because just with how fucking bleak it is as a working person in this country you know it is a serious issue that is should be addressed but it's going to be hard to get somebody to listen to a show that is that with like no jokes or anything to cut it up that would be soul crushing (laughs) right and i like the kind of balance y'all strike especially with people calling in because i don't know i listen to a lot of podcasts and what like really got me into you guys uh was like just stories coming from working people you know it was a lot more like kind of examples as opposed to some shows which go a little bit more like just kind of theoretical and i feel like that's something you can like touch even non-leftists with because everybody's had you know the shitty fucking restaurant job or the boss who's just the biggest piece of garbage in the world and i think that's like a big jumping off point for a lot of people who aren't on the left just to kind of Show them what it's about, you know, without them just missing with whatever propaganda they got in them. Right. I think when we started, we did kind of when we started, we very consciously said, this is what life is really like. It's this is what life is really like for a bunch of people. And uh, uh, it feels uh, I'm trying to think of like, I want to get you the sights and the sounds and what it's like to be one of these people like one of these people that has to struggle and hustle to get by that that uh uh has a boss that's being an asshole to him that isn't make that is working 40 to 60 hours a week but like also barely not getting by you know right and there's a lot right. of and that's like it there's a lot of themes tied up into that you know we talk a lot about drug we talk a lot about drugs we talk a lot about uh um uh music and movies and stuff like that and we talk a a lot about patriotism and 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 you know you just you we're trying to i guess trying to articulate a new version of what we could be 
I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what like the no. working class could possibly be. I definitely feel that. Like, I'm reminded very much of a quote from Stephen Colbert when he was at um, fucking uh, Bush's uh, press correspondence dinner. And he said, uh, it's like, uh, polls only reflect what's happening in reality. And reality has a known liberal bias. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if you expose people to what it's actually like for working class people, I think it's impossible to not be sympathetic to to like their needs and the fact that we're being completely fucking abandoned yeah it's also about interrogating what why people think we have conservative relatives we have trump people in our family and stuff we're like two guys from ohio you know and it's like also about trying to explain how they got where they are and what puts them where they're at you Mm. know like you i feel i feel like with people like that that are very close to me, uh, uh, I I have an idea, somewhat of an, of an idea how they got there. I watched them do it. You know, I watched the whole thing happen. So when you can explain how they got there, you can start to reverse engineer that and get them out of there. You know? Mm. That's a whole big thing, too. And not, you know, there's some folks you can write off. Like the small business tyrant that you guys describe oftentimes, like the person is just making a killing, you know, on off the backs of people's exploited labor. I'm sure they love this shit and they're doing mental gymnastics to justify it because shit's great for them. (laughs) They don't want that to change. Uh, But a lot of like the kind of working class right wing folks, like I feel like we definitely should not be writing them off. You know, ultimately, they're as much a victim of this, this stuff as everybody else, maybe not to the same degree, but they've been, you know, put into this toxic fascist ideology because shit is bad for them too. And that's just the thing they kind of cling to, uh, to, to cope with that. Cause what the fuck are the Democrats offering them, you know, in terms of like a framework for, for handling this or even like humanizing them. So I, I, I really like that. Like just kind of approaching shared humanity with people that, you know, and fairly to an extent, but they just get fully written off as unreachable. Because, you know, I, I think that I think that gap can be made. You guys talk about that a lot, kind of talking to relatives who are in that zone and using, you know, that kind of relationship that already exists to be able to like bring this subject material to them, and they have to be like, well, you know, it's coming from this person who I care about or know or whatever, rather than just, you know, you can't send a bunch of articles to somebody and expect they're going to be like, well, golly gee, I guess I was a fascist after all. I should probably not do this. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I read some Trotsky and it fixed me. Like, that's not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you just, I mean, you. I think it's really also about, like, uh, uh, trying to expose them to alternative ways of solving issues or looking at, uh, me and Brett call ourselves anarchists. And uh, uh, when people ask about that, you know, I openly will explain what I mean by that. I mean that, like, we're working towards a world where there is nobody that has power over another person, especially just because they can hoard resources the Mm, best, you know, and that everybody's living their kind of fully realized life without somebody with their boot on their neck or somebody whose existence doesn't depend on somebody having a boot on their neck. Um, Like, that's what I'm working towards. That's what I want is anarchy. I want anarchy. I don't want to 
like have this hierarchy anymore. I don't think it's conducive to a functioning society. But I also think that like uh uh there's a lot of ways to get there and uh I you know, if it I'm I'm kind of a marxist thinker too. And and part of what I would like to do is is bring about class consciousness in a way. Yeah. So when somebody is saying that they are uh uh when somebody's saying they're having trouble making it from paycheck to paycheck and uh, uh, they don't want to be in a union because the union takes out dues. What if you explain to them like all of the new things they're going to get if they form a union yeah. in there? The, like how this is going to be the, like if you could phrase it like how they get you into a 401k where it's like a, this is going to be good for you in the long run. I fucking swear to you. You know, uh, I think we can pull that off. I don't think that's impossible. I don't I I really don't. We just have to start thinking of new ways to make things like that happen. Yeah. Right. And and, and again, by just relating it directly to things that people pretty universally experience, I, I think you guys are going about that. The, the best possible way is to, you know, address people where they're at rather than kind of just throw theory at them and, and hope something sticks. Uh, I mean, we, we've, we've kind of done a similar thing with this show, at least kind of our intention. Um, it, I've, I talked to you a bit when I, I called into your guys' show. I was talking about, you know, growing up listening to a bunch of Loveline. But it's been a similar thing where it's like you see, uh, you know, that, that so many people with relationship and dating problems and so many ways in which our culture, like, directly contributes to people just being really toxic and not good to other people, not good to themselves even through the process of dating. And most of the like speakers on this topic I see on the internet who are male or fucking pickup artist dudes who are trying to sell it as like, Hey, this is how you acquire a woman. Not like, Hey, this is how you, you know, discover a fulfilling relationship with another fucking human, which I would hope is what people want. Uh, so that's kind of like our, our our thing with this too. Like we don't go. I wouldn't say this is a a fully like political podcast in the sense that that's not the main focus. But also like politics is in fucking everything. You yeah. can't talk about sex and relationship and power dynamics without addressing you know the cultural and and political structures that contribute to that being real toxic right now. Uh, so I don't. We're hoping we're like a non misogynist good love what love line could have been you know if corolla and dr drew weren't just kind of bougie shitheads or satan <laughs> they're actually two human <laughs> satan <laughs> people that are listening know this but i am listening to a lot of love line right now I, I do a thing where i basically have to listen to that kind of radio for uh, uh four months a year for some reason and uh do some podcasts about it at this point so uh yeah love line's one of the things i'm covering and in, in my shocktober series this year and i uh uh have been listening i i do have a working knowledge of that show now <laughs> have you have you heard any of the david allen greer episodes uh, i won one of the guests one but i hated it but i know i have to listen to more because i know that's a big deal Oh no! You you weren't a fan of him. I was not a fan. I was not a fan. I, just, guys like that. He's so polarizing. Yeah, guys like that just make me nuts. 
You know what I mean? Like I'm trying mm. to listen to a conversation and uh I don't know. They're it making just feels noises. Like a guy is on. <laughs> when somebody's on like that, no matter what the uh, uh occasion is, I it just it freaks me out a little bit. I you do know? understand that. Yeah, if somebody's yeah, I, if somebody's I, I too it. activated, it's uh it's really difficult to vibe with what they got going on cuz it's and like maybe- it's like a fucking dog, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you ever, you're, you go over to somebody's house, you're sitting on a couch, and this fucking animal just will not get out of your goddamn face? Yeah. Yeah, it is <laughs> It is a lot like that. I, it, it is like, a, uh, I also think I look at it from the perspective now of somebody who is a host of a podcast, and I think about having a guest like that, and it, like, just makes my head hurt. <laughs> <laughs> So that might be why I'm on a certain side of of the divide. I like a real conversation between real people just talking. And like, I, you know, that's probably what draw, uh, you know, that's a positive of Loveline is just it's like normal, sort of normal people talking to each other. And uh, right. but then this guy comes in and he 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 sounds like like Jim Carrey, but during Ace Ventura. <laughs> You know, <laughs> like he basically is Ace Ventura pet detective in there. And it's like, it's just this isn't working for me. This doesn't work for me. The, I feel it. I typically feel that way, too. But the thing with him for me is uh, like he comes off as like such a just out there dude. But also like he I, if I remember correctly, he has like a master's in theater from Harvard or something like he's this very intelligent dude. And you would, like, never put that together listening to the Loveline stuff because he's just, you know, ultimately he's dicking around with his friends. But something of that combination of just unhinged, but also, like, not a bad person and, like, a pretty smart person just kind of wilding out on the show. I I don't know. That always broke up the monotony a little bit for me, and I I liked his energy. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain kind of guest on these shows that I do not jive with that i don't like and he sort of falls in that department pat cooper's another one when he's on something i'm just like i'm not gonna listen to this you know mm-hmm. and uh, uh right. it's just uh the 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 motor mouth guy it's like a motor mouth guy thing <laughs> like i'm is. so turned off by that vibe you know the the dennis leary the mojo nixon oh, the, uh, yeah. uh, like all uh, guys <laughs> like uh jello biafra you know, like, uh, ah, uh, true. they're the kind of people that like, I just have a natural aversion to, and I try to avoid turning into, even though that's not like really a risk for me. Cause I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like some guy that's like a larger than life persona, but it's like, if I ever feel like I start ranting, like doing that kind of rant thing. And then where you're like, you kind of make up these little catchphrases for yourself in the middle, you know, <laughs> I remember Ted Nugent would say not Al, not so Sharpton, but like it was no. every time he said Al Sharpton's name, he said it. He like, didn't, he always said it every time. And it's guys <laughs> like that, that I'm just like, they just have the worst energy in the world to me. <laughs> Yeah, I feel it. I, yeah, I, I, I do feel that, especially, especially just throwing in the terrible Al Sharpton joke every sentence. Jesus fucking Christ! I mean, it's every time well, yeah. he says the name, he has like names for. He calls them the Democrips and the no, 
he calls him something else. That's Jesse Ventura that calls him the the the, the whatever the Democrips and Rebloodlickens. <laughs> right, Kendrick uses that in his song too, and I was like, I kind of like where this is going, is it, but that's there's got to be a better way to phrase is that. Kendrick that Lamar a big Jesse Ventura fan. He could be. I mean, I don't know. He uses it verbatim. Yeah, he might. I mean, I guess Jesse Ventura. See, this is well before Kendrick Lamar was famous, and he wouldn't have probably written that. Right? He could have. He could have known about Jesse Ventura's book. I don't see why not. <laughs> he just really liked Predator. It was like, yeah, because <laughs> of follow him and read his politics book that for some reason gets published. <laughs> weird, weird fucking times. To to return a bit. Into the the realm of the focus of this show, um, so I, I like I said I, I called into your guys' show a couple weeks ago, uh, asking you to come on because we had we had Brett in the past. I know you, you were mentioning you've been married for like a long time, so you're like I don't have too many dating stories. Uh, I didn't date but very I, much. I said on there too. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I didn't date very much at all, <laughs> at, really at all. I got I, I've been with my wife since I was nineteen. So man, not a big dater. Yeah, got it early on. Got it right. I guess. That's, yeah, but that that is a not only like a lucky dice roll to meet that person, but if if you've kept a marriage together happily for that amount of time, that's like the kind of people we need on the show, as opposed to me and Arthur, <laughs> a serial. Have not had such luck. <laughs> yeah but uh i mean i know a so lot of i know a lot of people who who like uh 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 i i i guess like all of my friends are kind of like me except for brett brett has some experience but most of us <laughs> i don't know it just is something that happened you know yeah. uh, uh it is really wild like i never hung out with a bunch of like Let's go find some chicks, guys. You know, I wasn't like right. that. Yeah. I didn't like doing that, you know? I had one friend in college who was like a let's go find some chicks guy, but he was so unbelievably unsuccessful in it that it was just a fucking oh, no. joke. And he kept trying to get me into neuro-linguistic programming. <laughs> <laughs> fucking loser. Interesting combination. <laughs> uh, gross. Well, so the question we we ask all guests, and I was bringing it up to you before, uh, and it, it might be different for you, but it's normally like, what's your most embarrassing dating or relationship experience? Uh, maybe, you know, first dates with your wife and that sort of thing. Did you have any moments that you were like, oh, God, I just went full cornball by accident or anything along those lines? I mean, I have it all the time. So, like... <laughs> I was, uh, I didn't know I wanted to be a DJ or a radio guy or a comedian or any of these things that I am now. I didn't know that when I was, uh, 18, 19, uh, you know, in my early twenties, but it, actually till like my thirties did I know that I don't think I started podcasting till I was like 29 or 30. So like, I just kind of like, uh, uh, didn't know really what I wanted to do. And I wrote a lot of poetry and I wrote a lot of songs. And uh, at the time, I really wanted to be in like a, a new metal band, like a Limp Biscuit sort of thing. So I wrote a rap. 
for my wife, and she still has it. Man. Oh, I don't yeah. ever oh look at God. it. I, I can't look at it, and I never want to look at it. But there is in my house a rap song that my wife owns that I wrote for back in like nineteen, probably ninety nine or two thousand. Yeah. Oh fuck but, yeah. yes. And it's like the perfect intersection of like a weird era in music. And something like that, that's an extremely sweet thing to do. I just love that the popular music at the time is like corn and limp biscuit and stuff. And so you're like, I guess my love song is going to be like in the fucking spirit of, of uh, Limp Biscuit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I was really into. That was like all my favorite. I, I was really a new metal guy. So it's like, well, I got to write something that I know. And right. uh, I had always been trying to write songs and like poetry. It's all astoundingly bad. And I don't think I have much of it anymore. But like uh uh oh. it, I I like just didn't really know who I was and I thought being a comedian or being funny for a living was like uh 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 nerdy or dorky and I just mm. didn't want to do it. Because <laughs> all I pictured was like Seinfeld and shit, you know. Oh, sure. That was what I thought. So like, yeah. I was kind of pushing. I was kind of pushing really hard in a different direction where I was like really trying to be ultra sensitive, but I wasn't really a good person. I wasn't super sensitive, and I was like trying to to be emotional and stuff, emotionally open, but not to any people. Just write it down on a piece of paper and never show it to anybody sort of thing. <laughs> extremely open <laughs> yes yeah just open with myself really open with my own feelings but that's I, an I, important thing i guess i probably would have if i had got with some motivated people that were in a band that were at all interested in working with me i guess i could have maybe made some of those into songs but it's still very embarrassing that like how much time you waste in your life trying to figure out what you want to be and what you want to do, you know? I'm no, currently it's doing that. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, same to it to a big extent. I mean, this is the only thing between... Arthur and I both got jobs outside of this, but I think our heart's here at this point and yep. what, we, what we actually care about. I got to say, though, like, that is embarrassing. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, the The new metal song for your wife but that is also like one that's extremely sweet and heartfelt because that's like what you were into you were you know you were truly showing yourself with that i don't know man i think that's adorable yeah, i like I love that. that yeah we should get rid of it though i wish you would burn it or something it's <laughs> really weird to have it you, you know i have a really no, weird man. i have a really weird picture of her from when she was like a teen and and like was wearing a stupid hat and just it's like the worst picture anybody's ever taken in the world <laughs> and she gave that to me as a gift and she has that rap from me so we're we're you know you got to even out sense of humor thing yeah we're even out i have a very funny picture of her that really makes me laugh it's like the uh uh what's the well, well crap what's the word Gift it's the like magi. two countries with it's like two countries with nukes you both oh yeah you both have these powerful pieces of embarrassing history but you're kept at equilibrium because you're both equilibrium i don't know how i just said that because you're both hanging on to the uh you know to those to she can't get rid of it because then you got that picture and you could just you know skyrate that thing into the air you gotta keep that balance yeah. mutually <laughs> assured destruction that's what right. i was looking for yep 
Yep, and that's what it is. I mean, it's also just like we make fun of, if we're making fun of each other. It's like if we really want to go deep, <laughs> you know, you pull out the pic- start like, reaching for the picture. Don't make me do it. Like you get, like you're in an argument, and she just like says a line from it and fucking strikes you right in the heart. I mean, the funny thing is, is like I don't remember a single word of it now, but what I have in my mind is also super embarrassing. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it, it was like, I just was attempting to do something between Fred Durst and Tupac Shakur. Like, that was like <laughs> what I was shooting for uh, lyrics-wise. Oh, that's and like, fucking dope. That's how I pictured myself singing it. So Right. I love that. I, that rules, man. That's one of the best answers we have. That, that that we've heard. That's just <laughs> I don't know. All around, I just I just love that. Well, we got we got some more questions from listeners uh, in our question box. We got a couple Reddit questions. Brian, would you mind using your stable marriage and songwriting experience to help us help these people? Sure. I mean, I can try. <laughs> I'm very bad at advice, but let, <laughs> I, let's I, go for it. All right, we'll we'll give it a shot here. Well, we're going into the question box first. Asking all the questions. And uh, if you're out there listening, if you're listening for the first time, uh, you can send us uh, questions anonymously for the show. We'll read them, answer them, try to help you out. You can find a link to the question box on our Instagram, instagram.com slash radiofreetotebag. You can also find it on our website, radiofreetotebag.podient.co. Uh, don't have to make an account. Just type it in, send it. This week... We got uh, we got three or four in here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do. Let's see. I'll do I'll do it. We'll do a warm up on the shorter, lower key one. Mm-hmm. So here it goes. How do you feel about sucking toes? Me personally. Yeah, yeah I guess so. I guess. We'll have to round table it. Thank you, listener. <laughs> kind of gross. I don't love it. Uh, uh, but if you like doing it. Enjoy that gross. I mean, I think it's gross, but you can enjoy it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, our fucking good friend of the show, uh, Zisty, posted something in our group chat of this guy, like, like sitting in the front seat of his truck, just fully deep throating this girl's foot. And it was okay. one of the most horrifying oh, it's things like an I've old seen. married couple. Yeah, they look about both sixty. They're in a big truck, and he's and just eating her foot like a burrito. <laughs> I thought it was a burrito. <laughs> I'm I'm the same way. I just find it kind of like even if you washed the feet, then I just kind of feel like that's a lot of trouble to go to to put a foot in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly want that. There's a whole disease but called what, foot and mouth disease. Yeah, it's right there in the name. It's risky stuff. Yeah, but but I'm saying what's strange to me is I feel like it's also like the most common fetish, at least in like media. Like so and so's got a foot fetish. Like I feel like I, I learned about what a foot fetish was before I knew what he, like what a fetish was in general. Yeah, same. You know, and it's weird that it's so common because as far I'm pre- talk pretty openly about this stuff with people. I, I don't. I've never had a partner ask me to suck their toes. You know, I don't know any friends who openly you know are all about the feet. So it's strange. You see it so often, but like, where are these people? Where are the foot people? It's like. Uh, 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 like the guy on C, like guys that work at CNN, 
or a lot sure, of them they have a sure. big <laughs> they have a big megaphone you know uh uh right. guys that work at like the new york times it's like all of those like big <laughs> institutions seems to be where all the foot guys are and it's like i if i was a foot guy i probably wouldn't tell anybody i wouldn't just tell any any person that would listen you know what i mean right i'm not like right. rex ryan that guy <laughs> that's a foot guy right there like he he went out there and fucking told the world he was a foot guy but uh, I, uh, I would rock I a am, fucking T-shirt that has like a giant heart and a foot. He like, got a I tattoo would... of his wife's feet on him. <laughs> <laughs> He's a foot guy, man. And uh, 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 but like, I I mean, and I would to tell you the truth, you know, I'm 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 uh, I would probably do anything if I felt like. I'd be embarrassed if I didn't do it, you know, like, <laughs> like I'd probably suck somebody's feet if I was in a situation where like we were headed in a sexual direction and they said, suck my feet. I'd be like, all right, like, you know, if that's what you need me to do. Then I can do that. That's kind of my philosophy. I don't, I don't find anything too gross, you know? Yeah. I feel that. I'd, it's, it's one, I, I'd give it a I, shot. I just hate feet. Like, I wear shoes until I go to bed, you know? That's <laughs> <laughs> just not for me. I'm similar, too. I get soggy, sweating feet. I get toe jams. So, like, that's my point of comparison. I'm just like, why? Don't I don't want that in my mouth. I don't want anybody to have that in their mouth. Yeah, mine are. That'd be, that'd be terrible. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. It's like, uh, uh, um, I don't like even looking at my own feet, so <laughs> it's not gonna be enjoyable for me. Not just not just not into it. A, a full aversion to the feet. Well, so there you go, listener. We don't we don't agree with your lifestyle choices, but we do. You know, if you're into it, go ahead and go for it. But personally, I think we're all on the same page. Of uh, you know, no no feet near the mouth region. But hey, thank you, thank you for that question. Here is here is a longer one that we have. A little less to do with feet. My partner was invited to go to a wedding in the middle of a pandemic, and I don't want him to go. My partner's best friend's co-worker is getting married and has invited him to go. I was invited as well, and even if I did not have my major heart condition stopping me, I would not go in a pandemic. I'm not sure how big the wedding is, or if it is outdoors, but to me that doesn't even matter. My partner said he is not sure if he is going, but may go for the ceremony and nothing else. I don't want to be controlling and tell him what to do, but I already made it clear that because of my health, if he goes, he can't see me for at least two weeks. He says he is still thinking about it, but I would like him not to go and endanger himself and potentially me and his family. What are some ways I could talk to him about this without seeming demanding when, to me, the obvious answer is not to go? What do we think? Hmm. No. Like, don't do it. Like, you can't do that. Like who's 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 getting married in the middle of a pandemic and then worse yet, like who who just goes to the ceremony? What is this? <laughs> like that's the shit part of the marriage part. Also, I was expecting that it was gonna be like 
you know, my, my partner's best friend or something, but my partner's best, best friend's, friend's co-worker. coworker. You really gotta risk the Rona to go to go support the co to just go to the ceremony for your best friend's coworker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, buddies. if he doesn't go, yeah, it's probably your her, their their buddy, but the person writing the letter is like probably minimizing the relationship that they have by putting my my wife's best friend's coworker because it doesn't <laughs> seem like a normal way to describe somebody i'm sure it's their friend but sure. uh they met through whoever the the wife is you know right right i just don't have a, i don't have a like a really great relationship with my family at all you know and and like uh i have a group of friends some of which happen to be related to me, but i have a group of friends that i spend all my time with i don't really do holiday stuff that I, I don't like doing holiday stuff with anybody else. I like just hanging out with my friends. And uh, uh, um, so, you know, there are people that I know that aren't related to me that are very important to me that I, I would want to make their wedding. Uh, right. I, I don't really know the solution to any of this shit, though, because I was going through sort of trying to make the same decision when my kid was trying to go back to school because right. I don't like to tell her how to live her life. Uh, I like right. to give advice and, and sort of try to prod in the right direction. And, uh, uh, but I also kind of didn't want her to go back to school. And uh, there was a choice at the beginning, but then they took the choice away and she's doing online school now. So, you know, I ended up not having to make the decision, but that was a, like a super tough decision for me too. Which that would make answering if I was going to go to a wedding like that would feel. I don't know. I I mean, I would just say no. I'm not going. And when asked yeah. why, I'd be like, you know, what's going on? You know yeah. what I mean, you know what's <laughs> yeah. going why on. You're not thing? coming to my wedding. I don't know. You follow yeah. the news. And then if that's not good with them, then you know. I don't, I don't really, you can cross that bridge when you get to it, but, but like, uh, uh, I do understand the impulse to want to go to a thing that's, that is, you know, probably somebody you care about, I guess. And, uh, they're no, getting for, married, for sure. you know, I, I feel that. And with friends in a lot of cases being as important as family, I, I, I've got kind of that mentality too. Same. And, and people I'm really close with. Who like I I totally would you know feel that obligation to go support them, um, and I also get what you're saying, and what their concern is that they don't want to just flat out tell their partner here, uh, don't go. You, know, you can't go to this. But I also think in the context of this, like this is a serious fucking deal. You know, <laughs> it's a, yeah. it's a fucking pandemic. I think if you would phrase a question like this to somebody even a year ago, they'd be like, well. I probably wouldn't go do things in a pandemic, but I feel like we're kind of in this situation where like, we're trying to look for glimmers of hopes or normalcy. And so maybe the partner here, that's part of the reason too, is it's like, you just want to be doing something yeah. good, like, like positive, like a wedding and stuff like that. Cause we're in such a fucking terrible state of things. And I understand that impulse, but that being said, you're the partner here. You've got a health condition which could put you further at risk. You've expressed, you know, you don't want to do this. 
and he's still saying he's he's still kind of thinking about it. Yeah, I'll, like I'll go stay in a hotel room for two weeks while you know after the wedding. Like the you know it's right. strange. That's 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 a big trade off to not be able to see your partner. And so, like I said, while I understand the impulse to not want to just kind of lay down the law, I would just very clearly stress like how this affects you. And be like, look, this is serious. I'm extra worried because I'm more susceptible to this. And I don't want to not see you for two weeks because yeah. I love you. My you problem know? here is with the people throwing the wedding in the midst of the pandemic and not oh, that's true. and sort of like taking a real cavalier attitude to it and not like crafting the wedding in such a way that it would be responsible. Like, for example, you could have the ceremony now. And, uh, you know, just maybe have immediate family come to the ceremony and then maybe next year, that's when you do the wedding reception. Right. Is what they should be doing. And I think people would be understanding of that too, because that's how like most places are doing things. Yeah. So I, I agree. It's a little shitty of them to keep pushing with it. But again, like I do get it because, you know, I've never been engaged, but I imagine if I had planned up ahead for this wedding date, and then all of a sudden, you gotta shut down everything, you know, because of this fucking crazy flu. Like, I get how you might, and you're already stressed, you know, from being quarantined and stuff, I get how they could kind of be like, oh, well, it'll be fine, we'll do it, like, cases are low or something, but you shouldn't be doing this. I I agree. Yeah, people just sit with their bubbles. Like, I mean, I, I sort of am of the mind now that outside stuff is just something that we can't really avoid and that uh uh it's fine i think to to do if you're doing it right if you're distancing and all that stuff and uh sure. uh um if this whole thing is happening outside and everybody's you know staying with their sort of pod i i or whatever they call it i don't we were calling it a bubble at one point and it's just like the people that you're spending your time with now right if you i think that that's like not the worst thing in the world because we we really can't i don't want to think about what a world is like if we're not like socializing in person for over a year you know i just that really makes me very nervous to think about because uh uh i don't know my mental health is not holding up well and i'm i'm i have (laughs) friends and i do a podcast and we hang out and stuff but like not being able to go to restaurants or bars or do my job i can't perform live you know right i've been able to perform live since february and uh there's no end in sight to when i will be able to you know yeah. And uh right. it's it's just like if the government would have fucking handled this right, we'd be out of it already. Mm-hmm. And also if they would just take the time to do it right at any point, we would be out of it in like 2 months, you know. Nope. And and that's the thing with this too that the question asker here is saying like they're not even sure if it is outdoors or whatever. Like I'm surprised that the partner here isn't at least like maybe maybe cuz it's not uh, but isn't like here's what they're doing to stay on the safe side like it's outdoors people got to wear masks you know what have you it's just kind of strange that they haven't brought any of that up you know it, to reassure the partner here you got to think about like we don't know who's throwing the 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 wedding you know 
Oh yeah, no, you know it might just I mean? be like, indoors. Well, and also mandatory there's a, makeout. There's a bunch of people that don't fucking believe that there is anything going on, or that masks right. work, <laughs> or that anything like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's all these like fucking weirdly macho or like American people that are just like wearing a mask is a sign of weakness. <laughs> <laughs> So there could be some of that going on, too, you know? Yeah. I mean, when I think about gathering with more than just my close group of friends that I've had for many years, when I think of, I, I don't, I just don't trust anybody else to be actually, yet, I don't, I don't trust a new person to come into the mix, like, not knowing what they're up to or what they're doing, you know? No, for sure. Yeah, you don't want to be hanging around a bunch of people you don't know where they've been. They yeah. could have been bathing in COVID. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe that's hip where they're at, and you'd have no idea. COVID bath. You know, you gotta know. You gotta know people's whereabouts here. I want to leave um, this fucking. I. Do you, I'm sorry. I curse there. Uh, uh, no, I wanna, fuck. Oh, you're good. Fuck, fuck, we, fuck, we, fuck. We, we, oh, okay. Fuckity fuck. I want to fucking. <laughs> you're leave, all good. I want to fucking leave Ohio so badly that like I can't even. It's like I'll never I, I can't breathe right until I leave this state for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, feel that yeah. Arthur's in Cincy. I've lived in well, I just lived in Cincy for the fifth time. I was staying with my parents for a bit when this first hit. I we're we're pretty familiar with that feeling. There yeah. is just a sense of being like just kind of trapped and your surroundings start to get stale and you're just fucking like, corn. Just put, let me be somewhere. Yeah. Well, <laughs> All the corn. In 2016, I started touring and toured for f four years before this. So my life had, had been this kind of traveling around the country doing my thing. And then for it all to end. And then you just, you're just stuck. You just you can't do anything. You're stuck in the house. You're stuck uh, in in town, and and like uh, it feels like it, like really, it felt like it really put the brakes on. I I know that's not necessarily true, but when we're not out in front of people, it does feel like the brakes have been pressed a little bit because it just it's weird not performing for the audience. Yeah, no, I I feel that, and just doing doing that thing you're passionate about. Yeah. Uh, but I, so I, I mean, it is that just kind of is the deal here. Like so many things right now, like it's a messy situation, you know, for for you, question asker. Um, but I think regardless of that, if you haven't done this yet, if you haven't like sat your partner down and fully had the conversation of like this affects me in these ways, you know, I really would rather you didn't do this. I think that's really the only move you can make. And again, if he's, you know, disrespectful of that or doesn't, you know, at least try to come to some kind of understanding with you, obviously that's not a good sign. Like somebody who would trade not seeing you for two weeks or potentially risking your health to go to a wedding right now. I, I just, I don't think that's cool. Yeah. So I think just really open up to him about how much you're worrying about this and uh, hopefully they'll be understanding and kind of make the choice that doesn't put you at risk. That's what we're yeah, looking for. I, I, I asked the question, like, I just asked, like, why do you want to do this? And, uh, right. uh, you know, when somebody has to explain themselves, they usually tend to make up their mind one way or the other, if they're actually going to do it or not, you know? That's very, a really good very point. Very true. 
Yeah, make him make him examine his thought processes here. <laughs> okay, we have we got one other question here in the question box, and uh, this is actually a friend of mine sent sent this uh, over to the RFTB Instagram, uh, and it is about a message from a guy on Hinge. Here's the context: I've been talking to this guy on Hinge for a week or so, and I've been low key not texting for a while and all to see. And all that to see how interested he is. He gives me all the signs. Double texts sent a good morning today. Mm. I give him my number so we can get off the app. And he sends me this. And here is the message from the guy. Well, before we move from here, I have to say I'm looking more so for friends. I'm actually in a poly relationship. And so she asks, why, why choose a dating site to look for friends, though? And uh, this fella says... Well, there's not a lot of socializing going on right now. Plus, there's always the chance of finding more than just friends. Shrugging emoji. But I enjoy talking and flirting with people and getting the chance to meet them and such. So, basically, she's, she's wondering if this, is, if this is sus. And uh, she said, let's see. She didn't reply for oh, like 10 minutes after that message. And... He messaged again, like, oh, I guess I won't text you, though. And that's like, mm. there's the red flag for me with this. So, I, I don't know, a little bit of a weird one to communicate. But do we think this is sus to be on a dating app, you're in a poly relationship, quote-unquote looking for friends, but then saying maybe more? It it does seem a little off to me. Uh, maybe much he's like... looking... Go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. No, 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 you go, you go, please. I'd rather hear yours than what I was going to say. Uh, much like the title of Felix Biederman's uh, television review series, this is sus. This is sus. Was it worth it? That's was, what you your, was mine better? <laughs> That's what he made. Brian was like, I'll let Arthur say his piece here. He made I'm like, this I'm like, reference. Chapo reference. Enjoy. <laughs> I can't. I I am. Uh, uh, I mine was not much better. Uh, I will say. That. I don't remember on, what I was going to say now, but it was a, like just a really bad fucking joke, you know? Real dud. These people come to us trusting that we will help them, and all y'all do is is throw duds at them. How yeah. dare you? I will yeah. make a statement. I think this is a little bit sus. I'm more just about the whole kind of texting and being kind of weird thing there. And also I get like, if you're in this position, do you want to expend the energy on this guy who you're into, you know, based on Tinder profile or whatever, when he's kind of saying, well, that's not what I'm looking for, but like, maybe, I I, I don't know. That, that just seems like, like if your kind of goal here is you're trying to date around and meet somebody, I would feel like this is just a little bit of a waste of time because it's just, you know, he, he just doesn't seem that interested. And it's just a little weird that despite that, he's like, but let's keep talking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, He's trying to fold you into the polycule like slowly. I think he's trying to play slow this, fold. He's going to do this long. He's playing this long game with you. And uh, I mean, maybe he does just want to like, cause uh, like this is something that I think is, a feature of like I'll probably get I'm gonna get in trouble with the, with my poly people but it's like when it's a when it's possible to have relationships with multiple people 
anybody that you find uh, attractive and engaging could potentially be a partner also. So, like, anybody that you're going to be friends with is a potential partner also. Right? I feel that. So, it's potentially, this person's just kind of, what would you say, dragging dragging the net through the tender waters. Mm, You know? mm -hmm. Maybe they catch a few friends, and then maybe they catch another molecule for the polycule. Is that what they call individuals in the polycule? Yes, they're called molecules. Okay. Oh, man, I'm I'm in touch. I'm in touch with the people. Um, so it's possible that's not that sus if they're just kind of seeing, but at the same time, if you're coming in as somebody who either wants a monogamous relationship or is not so familiar, you know, with, with dating poly folks or kind of that, I don't know. It just seems like a bit of a mismatch to me. It seems like a lot of effort for potentially, you know, just, just having this guy send you shit about not texting him and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if there were other, like, if the off-subject conversation, when, when if maybe there was a conversation going on and off-subject, he, he's kind of a charming guy, you know, or there's something, like, I That's could true. see somebody being like, ah, it's, he's a charming dude, you know, I just want to be around <laughs> yeah. him, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean. I do feel that. There are a lot of people who, who like, uh, uh. I don't know. Like you could see him being like afraid to just go out to bars. Maybe he's not good at approaching people and stuff like that. You fucking have a profile and people contact you. That seems to me like maybe a dude that's a little bit shy. And uh, 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 I don't know. He just seems like he doesn't. I don't know. I don't know how old anybody is in this story. That's the problem. That too. I I don't on this one either. I think I think mid twenties. I think that is another possibility though. I I got the big anxiety too. And sometimes you know if you're into somebody, it can be you just don't navigate it necessarily the best way. And it's not from like a place of trying to be shitty. It's just like you're anxious and you're not quite thinking straight. So I mean that that could be part of it too. Uh, and, and so in that case, like if, if if in general the guy's charming and all that, if you're enjoying the conversation here and you're okay with it potentially not turning into anything or, you know, potentially getting involved in, in a poly relationship, that's yeah. all good. But again, if you're not looking for kind of that specifically, you know, maybe maybe don't invest the time on this fella. Yeah. Perfect. That's what I mean. I I, I just I'm like trying to think of a reason why somebody would keep going in that conversation. And that was all I could think of. Like (laughs) if this person's really charming, I mean, you know, people like to be around charismatic people, you know, that's true. He sounds like a regular Donovan, you know, I understand this well, because I'm both incredibly charming and charismatic. And so I get it. Like I would want to talk to me. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Too funny. Arthur, do you? So that's that's all the question box. We appreciate you sending these in. Uh, Arthur, do you feel like doing one more Reddit question? Brian, yeah. are you good on time? Yeah, I'm. I'm what else Hell do I yeah. got to do? I don't have to record another <laughs> podcast till Wednesday, and this is my job. Well, hell yeah, we we appreciate it. I mean, I got an anxiety attack scheduled for about eleven thirty, but I'm I'm good till then. <laughs> okay. so Arthur, what do we get, what do we got on here next? Up next, 
this takes us to the our relationships board from reddit.com uh it goes like this <laughs> fuck my brother has a framed picture of his ex-girlfriend in his office but they broke up five years ago oh no i 32f was over at my brother's 40m house for some drinks a few days ago he went upstairs to go to the bathroom and show me a new snowboarding helmet he bought while I was downstairs, I noticed his office door was slightly open. Now, my brother is super protective of his room, and I've never seen it. I know I shouldn't have done this, but I went inside. This is where it gets weird. Nothing was out of the ordinary, but next to his laptop was a picture of his ex-girlfriend, 26F, and who I assume was her daughter in her arms. It was a clearly printed picture from the internet. They only dated for a year, but she was the only woman he's ever lived with. I noticed there was lip residue over his ex's face, and I got really freaked out. Like, I felt like I was in a horror movie. Just thinking about it makes me uncomfortable. Should I address this, or is it not my business? My brother has a girlfriend he's been with for uh, two and a half years. TLDR, my BF has a picture of his ex in his office. This was posted by Conference-Past. Speaking of things that are sus... Incredibly. This... (laughs) <laughs> this yeah I, I mean, that's I, I could see like I'm like a, I try to be as like open minded about this stuff as possible even though like you know I have very little practical knowledge of it but like I uh, uh I mean I could see somebody really falling in love with a person and having their picture displayed wherever you said in his office right. mm-hmm. and i mean the kissing stuff is silly i i, I don't even know if that's true uh yeah <laughs> and <laughs> we're I would, always a little skeptical of those details yeah i i would say probably i mean if you have if if it really is i'm only taking this as like he has a picture of this person right. in the house that would drive me fucking crazy if i was married to him but mm-hmm. if my sister was doing that i'd be like whatever i mean like kiss the picture i don't give a shit you know have <laughs> have your time you know yeah yeah I, I don't think there's anything that this person needs to do like you discovered a potentially unhealthy thing in your brother's life but it's his life and it's his office and it's his framed picture of his ex-girlfriend from 5 years ago uh so he's got to navigate that by himself. It doesn't really have much to do with you as his sister. God, I got dumped right. when I was 18 uh before by somebody that you know before my wife. I got dumped and I took it so bad. Like mm-hmm. so so fucking bad. And just walked around, you know, alternating between crying and pissed off and it was just like i should have checked into like a hospital or something it was three weeks three months it was a three month fucking relationship you know yeah and uh uh uh, but man there was a good year year and a half after that before i before i ended up with my wife where it was like i was just like i gotta get her back you know what i mean five years Mm -hmm. is a long fucking time for that but there is like it wasn't like I was actively pursuing this person that wasn't interested in me. 
it was just sort of stuff like, what can I do to run across her, maybe, or like uh, be at the yeah. same party or same club or something like that? And then we spark up a conversation, and then boom, it's all back to the good time, you know? Yeah. Like, I, t- right. I just I- spent time thinking about that over, like, a, and probably, you know, like I said, probably like a year, year and a half. And like, uh, um, it just, it was like, it seemed like inconceivable that there was another person out there for me. And like, I could see falling into the, like, I have a picture of this person Mm -hmm. because they're very (laughs) important to me and, uh, I care about her. And, uh, uh, but I always, I do also feel like when you end up in another relationship, you know, then it's time to take the picture down, get rid of the picture. You can keep the picture. You're going to up. You know? Yeah. Just not out in the damn open. Yeah. yeah. Keep the picture in the secret yeah. drawer. Yeah. Because I, I, f- I feel this, especially earlier on in relationships. Like, I, I had my big, like, first big breakup was after dating somebody for two and a half years. I was right out of college. And I, I had, uh, like, a box that I kept a bunch of, like, mementos and shit related to the relationship, as well as other stuff. But I had a lot of stuff from that period of time. And I ended this, and it probably took me two years to throw that box away. And I didn't even have in my head, like, at least consciously, like, oh, I want to keep this, we're going to get back together or something. And it wasn't, you know, it was just sitting in the closet. But I, when I would try to think about throwing it out, it puts this certain stress on you and really kind of makes physical that process of having to shut down feelings and kind of moving past stuff. Yeah. And sometimes when you're presented with that, even if your gut, you feel like, you know, you've moved on when you're kind of, pre- okay, well then throw the thing away. Then it becomes very challenging all of a sudden because there's no kind of un- undoing that. It, it feels like it's like it just ke- so many things change through this breakup. You're feeling down. But, you know, there's still this picture's still there. You know, it's it's weird. But like, I, I get that, too. I get that it can it can take time to get rid of it. That being said, just like you said, Brian, it's, it's five years ago and you're dating somebody new. And unless this is one of those people with a big house and they have an office they never really use and it's just been kind of laying there this it's it's weird. He's you know? sitting at the computer yeah. playing Destiny 2 looks over. There she is. <laughs> That little tear drops off the drops down the corner of the face. He's got to be getting like a dopamine hit off of looking at this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's got to have some level of like addiction to the feeling of remembering what it was like to be with. Like I think part of it is that she's like younger than him. You know, that like mm. she's a little bit younger woman, and he's like he's in his forties now. So he's like, I don't know if like I'm never gonna date someone that young again. Like I think that's part of it. Ah, uh, that that gets that gets into some questionable territory. I mean, if this is think five about, years ago. He would have been thirty-five, and she was twenty-one. If what? she like, if it's aged up, he could have been thirty-five, and she was twenty-six. Like, was is that the actual? Oh, yeah, okay. So if the picture is still, man, stupid time. I don't fucking get it. Uh, but I'm just saying, that's that's gonna be. A decent sized nine years at the minimum, like fifteen at the maximum age gap there, and talked about this before. It's not always the case, but sometimes, especially with an older guy with uh, you know a, a younger 
younger partner, there's kind of, uh, sometimes I think that's a sign of a little bit of like emotional immaturity. Mm. And I feel like that would give evidence for this too, that like, he just can't quite finish processing these emotions over the breakup. And so he can't just throw the picture away because he's not ready to deal with it. He's he got, might be. Oh, sorry. I say he's got. No, it no, go, go he's ahead. Got it. I, I was going to say he might be a glory days guy. You know, one of those like real oh. like Al Bundy types, you mm. know, uh. like I've seen people like that. Obviously, I'm 41 for reference, but like there's still like a lot of people when I go on Facebook, which I've gotten rid of anyway, so I don't go on there now. But when I was going on Facebook a lot, there were just like a lot of dudes still like really revel. Uh, reveling in what they did in high school like over right. 20 years after it you know and there's just a it's, certain it's... type of dude that is like a i call him a glory days dude where it's like uh he just sits <laughs> around and he just thinks about that that bruce springsteen song you know <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a possible angle too you know it's like the skeezy they're not even skeezy sometimes in how it's framed, but like the 80s movie, like, no, oh, this guy fucks. He's got the drawer full of all, like, the panties of, like, girls he's hooked up with. It's possible it's in that angle, as you're saying, that it's just like, yeah, see that see that girl in the picture over there with a the lip residue on it? I was hooking up with that girl a few what years back. What does lip residue look like, exactly? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical of that. Uh, probably saw some dust on there and was like, he's making out with the picture. Yeah, yeah, this seems like a real, you know, that seems like something where they were, like, trying to give you, like, a little bit of sensationalism with it. And I don't have yeah. a problem with that. I'm a wrestling fan, you know. So <laughs> you gotta throw have the K-Fan. You're punching in. it up. Yeah, throw a little extra in for me. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know. I, I, I like... He might just be a guy that's like, that's the last time he was vital. You know, that's yeah. the last time he felt Fuck. like he was living the life that he wanted to live. You know, because a lot of people, when they get out of high school, they stop kind of living the life that they want to live. And, you know, you either become a person who who uh, uh, just takes a wild leap and it is is somehow that up in a way where you don't have to kind of conform to the the everyday job life, you know, mm. but most people are on, on the other side of that. You know, a lot of people go to a, a, a job every day and if they hate the job, obviously, uh, uh, they can, they'll, I think they just think about, you know, Oh fuck man. You know, back when I was in high school, I was really popular. All the girls really liked me. Uh, uh, I was like good at something. I don't fucking know what they were like playing basketball or, or, or I was, you know, the best at playing <laughs> piano and the jazz band or whatever. And then like all of a sudden, you know, your, your life is rolling away and, and you've spent 30 years sitting around and just thinking about how, how everything was great at this one time in your life instead of trying to figure out how to bring that energy to your life every day. Right. And you will hold on to things from that time. You know, you'll still dress kind of the same way that you did back then. You know, Cargo, cargo shorts, <laughs> graphic tees. 
Yeah, you or yeah, you'll just you, you'll kind of like try to figure out a way to do that. You'll 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 uh um I don't know, you you'll still like every Friday night you watch like Ghostbusters or Bill and Ted's <laughs> Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Or some shit like that. And then like uh 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 you know, every once in a while you have like an ugly sweater party around Christmas and then uh, uh that's the whole thing. You know? I'm turning around on this guy. He sounds fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got that in your shelf with like all the old basketball trophies and then a picture of the young girlfriend from way back when. Yeah, yeah. It's oh. just these little these little like burst of dopamine that you used to get a long time ago that are fewer and further between. When you get and that's old, all that's you keeping know? you going. Yeah, it's just got the pictures and the trophies. We we have painted an extremely bleak picture here. I've got to say. <laughs> I mean, that is. I think of possible. America, I think of America as an extremely bleak place. <laughs> very true. Totally very fair. true. Like it's there is, the, I, there is no floor for how bad it can get. It's the easiest way not to use your imagination for just thinking of like a guy that fucking. Every Tuesday, he eats at, like, O'Charlie's because he likes the rolls. <laughs> they got, like, a fucking wing special, so he's down there on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, like, that's really, that's what most of us are, you know? That's what it feels like. It feels like most of us are, like, either doing that or, like, telling everybody about how the meatballs at Ikea are really fucking good. <laughs> they or, got a horse in them. I'm sorry. Yeah. Horse <laughs> yeah. oh, meat. You ever had the meatballs there or how much the hot dogs are at Costco or something? Like, it's <laughs> just like, that's what most people are into, I think. And I'm like in the minority for being into what I'm into. <laughs> no, I, f- I feel that. That's that's real fucking American culture right there. The fucking <laughs> the hot dog prices and all that. Well, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I could definitely see this guy just kind of falling I- into that, you know, hole of just kind of trying to long for the, the better days in your past to, like, get you through how shitty you're feeling at the moment. And something like that, like, that's that's somebody who needs help, I think. I don't know how close you are to your brother here. If you guys are on a close enough level that you could maybe have... Talk to him in a way that he might be open about this and just maybe not even point this out specifically, but kind of check on how he's doing in general. Maybe you could help in some regard in that way. But if this is something, you know, he he doesn't want to talk about or you don't have that kind of relationship, then, yeah, you kind of just got to you just got to leave it and live your life knowing this creepy pictures in his office. Check back in five years. See if it's still there. Yeah, it'd be incredible. (laughs) If it was still there, I would say he's legally married to this person. (laughs) They're common law married. If you print out a picture of somebody from the internet and kiss it every night for 10 years, they become your spouse. Yeah. I mean. Good policy. That probably is the law, actually. That's good. That's very good. If it's not, it should be. The the fucking, the Dems should adopt that as part of their fucking platform. Yeah, that's that's the new main issue. Common law marriage to uh by by way of photograph on shelf for a decade. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I would actually I would start looking 
like across the country for like families that have like 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 you should let me know if he travels every two weeks for his job because I think he Ooh. might have another family in oh. another part of the country. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they mentioned they mentioned that the ex has a has a daughter in her arms in the picture too. Wow, yeah, That's very possible. That's very yeah. possible. Wow, this fucking guy, this guy could be one of those two family dudes, like Don Draper or whatever. You know, <laughs> what the listen up, conference past. You got to hire a private investigator. You got to <laughs> make sure this guy is not running two, maybe even three families in the tri-state area. Yeah. Investigate. I can't, I can't believe dudes did that. And I mean, I'm sure it still happens all the time now, but like dudes used to like really do that too. Yeah. Back they before telecom. That seems like a that seems like a crazy amount of effort too. Yeah. Like I'm how do you find the time to do family shit twice? Yeah. I'm going out to Omaha. Uh, oh, I can't be here for the fourth of July because I have a big client meeting in Cedar Rapids. You know, <laughs> meanwhile, you're like in like Arkansas at your other family's house, like living basically the other family life, whatever that is. The web you got two separate lies. family group chats. You got to yeah. make sure not to like reference a meme that you sent in one and the other one. You'll be discovered. Yeah. Yeah. It's a web of fucking lies. This guy. I would check into that, too. Maybe <laughs> that possibility. <laughs> I think we gave you a lot to chew on, question asker. I I just say you consider these theories carefully and try to put together the truth of this spooky ass situation. But good it. good times with that. That was, an, that was an interesting one. Well, Brian, we're we're coming up on the end here. We have helped all of the people who need help, and uh, we've appreciated your help helping them. You know, you yeah. you were saying you weren't going to give too good of advice and stuff, but I think you were very good. <laughs> I mean, I get I I I just made I I just made three different horrible uh, uh, profiles <laughs> of a man just based on a letter somebody else wrote about him. But uh, it feels good to help people. I'll take that credit. Fantastic, <laughs> and we certainly helped this person big time. Uh, I gotta let our listeners know their intro song is the song Hanging On by the band Knower, and you can find their music at knowermusic.bandcamp.com And our outro music is the song Stephanie by the Hayfellows. You can find them at instagram.com slash thehayfellows or on Spotify. Just look them up. Three words. The Hayfellows. Brian, where do people find uh, your work on the internet? com. And uh, there is a, I mean, that has all the information. I'm currently locked out of my Twitter, so I can't do anything with it. And it's making, I am nuts. I, it sucks, but I am Murder Brian on there. Uh, uh, Patreon is where you can get sort of extra stuff that's maybe a little less. October. Yes, but that, yeah, it's coming up. Well, we're, we're about a, a week and a month away from. The first episode of Shocktober, which is a uh, podcast about shock jocks that I do with Felix Biederman from Chapo Trap House. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, Opie and Anthony, Loveline, Howard Stern, Man Cow, and um, Dom, Don Imus. Don Imus. 
So uh, uh, <laughs> the first iteration of that was last year, and people really seemed to like it. So we're bringing it back. It's uh, uh, you can get it on Patreon.com/streetfightradio and uh, roll all the way back to October, and boom, that's when Shocktober happens. <laughs> I, I highly endorse your guys Patreon. Holy Boys on there is is really great too. Uh but but Shocktober especially like at the beginning of this pandemic. That was keeping me company before bed and it's a lot better to think about fucking like Tom Lycus antics, you know, than it is the impending collapse of civilization. It's <laughs> it's a very funny, very good time, I got to say. I I'm so in the middle of prep for it that like i'm not listening to anything but this stuff right now (laughs) and that's uh, your burden uh, that's your that's the burden you're carrying for the rest of us so we can learn well thankfully on wednesday i have to listen to uh chocolate starfish in a hot dog flavored water all day from my (laughs) other podcast (laughs) it's the life i live now where i just have to listen I never get to listen to what I want to hear. I I have to listen to Opie and Anthony yell at interns. <laughs> <laughs> Seven hours a day. Jeez. Thank you for your service, Brian. We no, salute show, the real troops here. <laughs> that show, uh, I'm really proud of the first series and uh, the extras that we've done throughout the year. I think there's, I think there's almost, I, there might be ten episodes now, and you can buy it in the store at Street Fight Radio. Dot com, but that that's something I'm really proud of. It is a, a, a part of the culture that doesn't have that is immensely influential on the culture, but also people don't really talk about it very much. So yeah. I'm glad me and Felix are able to like kind of, you know, first of all, use our knowledge because we were fans of some of this stuff, but also uh, uh, put it to light to so many people because I've had people that that are way younger so they were around after the death of this genre radio i've had i've had women who were like i did not know this was what was going on on the radio like i didn't i didn't (laughs) think that it was like this so like it it was really i i think a lot of people got a lot out of it and i I think it's also funny and i think this year uh it's gonna be pretty funny i I think uh, I got I, I got some real characters. Uh, no, you know, for anybody that listens to the first series, Man Cow is the finale episode because Man Cow is the most fascinating <laughs> man on the planet. <laughs> I oh, hell yeah! I'm excited. Yeah, excited for the new ones. And if you're out there and you uh, haven't heard these yet, I highly recommend you check them out. Very very good time. Well. We've come to the end of the show. Uh, another big thanks to Brian for coming on. I'm gonna give you a- get them with a whole that we're standing ovation. The whole crowd in the studio is on their feet. Thank you. Uh- is this going up <laughs> this week? When does this go up? I'm sorry. Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. We- hey, tomorrow Friday night. The uh, uh, whatever the date is, the 30th or the 28th, right? Is Friday yeah. night. Uh, littlefieldnyc.com we're doing a benefit for the bar that that first booked us in new york it's called uh street fight 3000 ad 
And uh, we're going to plan the future with the world's like most low-tech and shitty PowerPoint presentation. Uh, <laughs> and you're going to be able to control it. So uh, come and watch it. I, it's going to be really fun. Oh, I'm into that. Oh, I'm going to yeah. watch that. We got plans for Friday now. Well, thank you again, Brian. It's been it's been awesome talking to you. Hey, thank you. I'm I'm gonna wind it up. This is how I, this is how I end every episode. I'm just gonna lean in real close to this microphone and say I love you. Thanks. Bye. Mwah. That's it. That's the show. <laughs>